This is Mid-Missouri's Total Sports Station. KTGR, and it's time to get big. That was a big-time answer right there. You've got the big show with Andy and Brent serving up sports talk from Mizzou to the pros. And everything in between. Join us now on the KTGR hotline and sound off on today's biggest stories in sports. The big show starts now. You bet it does. Welcome in to this Wednesday edition of The Big Show on ESPN 100.5 at 105.1 KTGR, your total sports station in mid-Missouri. Thanks for tuning in online at KTGR.com. And on the KTGR app, it's Andy Humphrey, Brendan Schaefer, and producer Chris all here on your Wednesday, 875-KTGR if you want to join us today. It's kind of a... Kind of a tweener sort of day. We're getting closer to the final weekend of the NFL uh, regular season. We're getting closer to the start of SEC hoop season, and we're anticipating the college football playoff national championship next week. We're going to get to talk about that with Bill Connolly coming up at 425 and get his thoughts on the semis, too. And about that Mizzou Bowl win over Ohio State, which we are still, hey, let's be honest, it was still a very cool thing, even five days later. It was very, it'll be cool six months later. Like yeah. that is going to sustain me throughout the summer of no Mizzou football, no Mizzou basketball. Like we're going to have that to still lean back on. So that'll feel pretty good for a long time coming, I would have to imagine. I disagree. Bulls need fixing. <laughs> Bulls need fixing? Broken. Thanks for that Fix cold it. water. I, I would not say the bowl Chris. games Fix themselves it. need uh, fixing. We don't need to fix the results of the bowl well, like, game. I don't like think Tim we need Dowry, that. Who is the who is the ref? Uh, Tim Dunnigy. No. Yeah. <laughs> Did you say Dowry? <laughs> yeah, I forgot the guy's name. It was uh, on the yeah, tip of Tim, my tongue. Tim Tim Donaghy. No, that's uh, that's who it was. That's who it was. Uh, the season itself does that need fixing? We will talk about that at five twenty-five. Uh, some Mizzou. Talk at 5.05, these pieces are really coming together for 2024. Do we think Mizzou will have enough to make the run that we think they could uh, potentially make? We'll talk about that at 5.05. But also, a question for uh, really all of today, which we will get to in a few minutes, relating to the Chiefs. There's absolutely nothing the Chiefs can do to affect their situation for the playoffs. They are the three seed, no matter what happens. So... Who would you want to see the Chiefs face in the wild card round? We'll talk about that at 405. We've got that up on our Facebook page. You can chime in there too. Facebook.com slash KTGR Big Show or tweet at us at KTGR Big Show and call or text us, of course, at 875 KTGR. Now, the Big Show's Big Deal. Well, and again, because this game is meaningless for the Chiefs during this week 18 against the Chargers. Head coach Andy Reid said today, yeah, Patrick Holmes, he's not playing. He will sit out during this game. And Blaine Gabbert gets the start, the former Mizzou quarterback, of course, and now 34-year-old NFL veteran. This will be his first start in an NFL game since 2018. He's seen some action, but he has not started a game in uh, more than five years. So he'll get that chance coming up against the Chargers this upcoming Sunday at 325. Chiefs also had some players out of practice today due to injuries. Chris Jones was out with Jerry Sneed, Isaiah Pacheco, and Rasheed Rice. So seeing what kind of maintenance they'll have. A couple weeks probably to uh, get that maintenance done before their first playoff game in the wild card round. Again, Chiefs and Chargers at 325 on Sunday to close out the regular season. And that is the big show's big deal on this third day of January 2024. 875-KTGR. 
you want to call or text us. Okay, Brendan, who do you want yeah. to see the Chiefs face in the wild card round? Again, they they can't be the two. They can't be the four. They are unequivocally 100% the three seed. It's just a matter of who's going to be the six on the other side. Who's going to come to Arrowhead for that first game? Well, I know who I don't want to see them face if I'm a Chiefs fan, yeah. and that would be the Buffalo Bills. And if I'm not mistaken, that that would be like the matchup likely. That would be the matchup if, today if that if that were to happen. And but we do know though there are some some things in the in the hopper for the Bills and the Dolphins playing each other this week. Yeah, if the Bills win that game, they win the division, right? Like that's yeah. So they would not. Yeah, they wouldn't face the Chiefs if they end up winning that end up winning that game and i Correct. also if they lose it that's the thing how can they even move off of six unless one of the nine and seven teams wins and then tie breaks their way beyond it would them? That's be what i don't know so i believe if jacksonville loses and they slip out of the uh, uh I, I think the uh the, the afc south race and they miss the playoffs that way then maybe that opens it up but but again Colts are playing the Texans. One of those teams is going to be ten and seven by the end, and if Buffalo loses, yeah, they would slip behind one of those teams. So I mean, yeah, they they are either the two or the seven. They are not going to stay at the six. I don't think, no matter what but, happens. But, but Buffalo could be ten and seven. Do they? Do we know who they tiebreak against with a ten and seven team? They would not tiebreak with either the Colts or the Texans. There, they would. They would slip behind either of those teams. Now, here's the question: If one of those teams then vaults up as the AFC South winner, right? Then I think that means that the Bills could, I think, potentially stay at six as long as Pittsburgh loses. So, because we know since the Texans and Colts are playing each other, one of those teams is winning ten games. Yeah, and the Jags have to go to Nashville to play the Titans. And they're currently in in the position of the possession, I should say, of that AFC South title, which they can clinch for sure with a win. If they lose, if Jacksonville loses, what are the tie-breaking scenarios for that? Do we know which for AFC what? team would which for the AFC South? for the South? Oh, if Jacksonville yeah. loses, then I I'm fairly certain that either Indianapolis oh, you're or right. I'm Houston, sorry, because they'd be, yeah, because they're yeah, all tied right. They're all tied eight. right now, and so, so you yeah. have two nine and eight teams, and whoever would be the ten and seven team would have won that Texans Colts game, correct? In the yeah. event of a Jacksonville loss, unless they tie, which let's not even get into that because that'll be difficult. But nevertheless, like I don't want to see the Bills if I'm a Chiefs fan. That's the bottom line because I think that is a dangerous matchup whenever it should happen, and if I'm Kansas City, I'd like to have like a warm-up game yeah. before potentially having that matchup because it could happen eventually. It may be unavoidable. If you want to win the Super Bowl, if you want to get back to the Super Bowl, you have to beat some good teams at some point along the way. But I think you'd rather start off with, if it's an option, one of those AFC South folks, if that's possible. Like It's going to be dependent, I think, upon how those matchups play out. Here's a very interesting uh, text from Steve, 875-KTGR. Steve says he would rather face the Bills because you'd rather travel to Miami the next weekend instead of Buffalo. So like, if you're talking about you know a team that you're rooting for this weekend between that Dolphins-Bills game... Oh, you're on the road either way if everything goes to track. Right, that... so, yeah. okay. so if you're... Yeah, if you win your wild card game against whoever, and let's say the Bills win this weekend, and they're 
they're the AFC East winner and they're the two seed, then you're going to Buffalo if you win in the wild card round. It, plain and simple. Doesn't matter what else would happen there. So, uh, and, that, right. and then of course yeah. Buffalo would have to win their game. But I mean, the, you can assume that. Well, because that's the thing. I think if Miami is the two seed, is it possible for them to play the Texans anymore? I guess it could yeah. be. Yeah, well, um, Texans, that, like what I would need to know is, let's say Jacksonville wins, they win the South. Yeah. There's going to be another 10-7 and seven team in, if, that, in that whole situation. Here's, what, here's how it would go. If Miami wins this weekend. Right. Buffalo's 10-7. and seven, Whoever wins Colts Texans hops Buffalo in that scenario so because then, of whatever the tiebreakers right. are. So there's a potential okay. that Miami could face Buffalo again in the wild card round in the two seven. Yeah, be the two and seven, and that would be in Miami. If Miami wins, yeah. But if Pittsburgh wins, then they knock the Bills out completely. So, I yeah, there's no this scenario I believe that would put. Miami as the two and Buffalo as the six. That could maybe that ties. Yeah. Ties could be the only scenario that right. realistically, yeah. Which I think would be okay. I think because I think if Miami has to host Houston, which it sounds like you're saying not likely, that would be a problem for Miami. Is there anybody though? Forgetting like what would have to happen to set up these scenarios, is there anybody that you look at in that general group of nine and seven? on the cusp that you'd say, hey, this would be a cakewalk matchup for the Chiefs? Or does every team at least have some element of, yeah, they'd scare you a little bit because of X, Y, or Z? Is there a team out there where you're you're going, hey, this is the one that if you get them, you're you're home free on to the next round? I think the Chiefs can handle the Colts. I think think so, too. I think they can handle them. I think that's probably your... You, you're the team that you are rooting for this weekend. If you're the Chiefs, you, you want the Colts because to beat the Texans. Because if they win, yeah. If and then you, the Texans are box, boxed out of the playoffs. Jacksonville needs to just go ahead and handle its business, which it is very incentivized to do, of course, because you get the division, you get to host a home game in the playoffs. That's a big deal. Yeah. So they should be on their p's and q's. Do we know if Trevor Lawrence is playing? Because he sat out last week. Very Didn't well. They probably should. The and here's the thing: I think if they lose that game, that they might be they out miss. entirely. The, they, they the Bills not. cannot miss. Is that accurate at this point in time? The Bills, the Bills, can, miss. The Bills can, can still they? miss the playoffs. Good grief. This um, is wild, like, dude. But, the Jags have to lose, and I think yeah, the it would Steelers be, have to win. Yeah, okay. No, the Jaguars actually have to win this weekend, and uh, the Steelers have to win. Okay. That would be the scenario. And uh, look, they're playing two teams that, are not, my brain. that are not motivated guys, to win. But, but, um, but, but yeah, it's... A lot of different machinations that could happen in the AFC. Chiefs here, I'll give you this. Chiefs would not lose to the Steelers either. If that was a possibility, that yeah. matchup, it, they would not lose to them. The Steelers, that it, I don't care who you put out there, quarterback. It's, yeah. And this is nothing on Gardner Minshew either, but that's the reason, too, that I look at the Colts and say, like, all right, what element of that team offensively is going to come up against a motivated Chiefs defense that'll get to play at Arrowhead so... You know, I just don't. I just don't think there's any way the Chiefs would drop it to the Steelers or the Colts. Those are the two. the The Texans, if that could come to fruition, you do have the quarterback factor there with C.J. Stroud, so that would be a little bit scary. And I don't think Miami would be too bad. 
if you ended up hosting them somehow, if they were the six, although well, I don't they, know if that's possible. That's at, well, it's very possible. All that has to okay. happen is the Bills have to win, and, and Miami Bills would be in. the six, and nobody else can pass Miami. And Could the they Browns would, drop below? No, they are locked into the five. They are not going to okay. drop below five. So, yes, if it is the Bills winning this weekend, Chiefs are playing the, the Dolphins. I don't think that's anything else could uh, affect that. You know, I with how it went in Germany the first time, I would say no, but what do you think about that potential rematch? Like right off the bat, yeah, no warm-up, no lead-in. It's like this is who you're getting if that were the case. I'd say I, I think I'm okay with it. Uh, Tyreek Hill, I expect to have a better game than he did in that in that game in Germany. But um, but that would be and the, I would, the main factor. I would generally agree with that. But the, here's something else I'm going to put out there. Is it, it all this stuff with Tyreek Hill? That they, they read it on the Sports Center. His house caught fire. His today. house like, caught fire a, today. Yeah, unfortunately, that's a horrible. Yeah. you know, circumstance that's obviously unrelated to what happens on the field, and hope everything's okay there. But did you see the video? He was wearing a boot. I assume he'll be ready for the playoffs. But I was yeah. seeing Twitter videos circulated of Tyreek Hill wearing a walking boot, which I don't know if that was. Like, I didn't see anybody mention it because, again, it's obviously secondary for what's going on with for his family and everything. But I, Tyreek Hill would be the X factor in that potential matchup at Arrowhead where if he goes full Tyreek Hill, that's the circumstance under which the Chiefs lose that game. Like, if, it, if he just takes over a game, and, and we know we've seen it before, he is very capable of doing that. Whether you get Jalen Waddle healthy, that's maybe another question mark as well. I know he's been out. It's possible. There's enough pieces there that it's possible, but I think that would be almost the breakout game for the Chiefs' offense with no Bradley Chubb on that Miami defense, and we saw they just gave up 56 to Lamar Jackson and company. That would be like the – it wasn't a shootout really the first time in in Frankfurt, Germany. I think it would almost sort of have to be that for the Miami Dolphins to have a chance, and I still don't think they would outscore Mahomes in that case because – that defense is a little bit depleted right now. Yeah, eight seven five KTGR. Who would you want to face, Chiefs fans, in the wild card round? Chiefs are going to be the three, no matter what. Question is, who is going to be the six? I mean, I, I think I I'm fine with the Chiefs defense playing against uh, that type of team. I they held their own enough in, in Germany to where I wouldn't be too worried about them at home being able to take care of business in that sense. But again, it's it, it's what do you want your scenario to be? Would you rather face Miami at home, a team that you probably match up pretty well with in most cases, or do you want to get the Bills out of the way? Like, do you want to face the Bills in in that sixth seed? And again, it's probably Beat an unlikely way bust, to get there. Right? Like, you know, you're probably gonna if the Bills are in the playoff bracket in some way shape or form you know you're probably yeah. going to have to face them and you would like I to face so. them at home you know who's beating who are the who's beating the bills who can beat the bills in this bracket besides the ravens which i think the ravens could beat anybody yeah. but like who in that first weekend well, can the I bills mean, match up with and go yeah the bills are going down like i'm probably picking the bills against most sure. of those teams other than maybe the chiefs yeah, most teams I would definitely uh, give the Bills a slight edge. I would like if maybe it's Bills Miami. I would take the Bills even if that meant Miami had just beaten the Bills. If that makes sense, this matchup probably wouldn't happen until the AFC Championship game. But if somehow the Browns got there, that defense is just so stingy. They're the uh, wild card in this whole thing, right? Can I? Are, are we? Because look, there are other teams that have some defensive elements that maybe don't have as much at, at quarterback. 
Right. But like the Browns kind of, they have a quarterback that he might throw four interceptions, but Joe Flacco also might just win them a football game. Like he's, he's capable in a way that I don't know that Gardner Minshew has that. If it really came down to it, Mason Rudolph, is that going to be the answer for the Steelers? Because Kenny Pickett, I have no idea, man. Kenny Pickett is cleared medically, but they were playing Mason Rudolph last I checked. So I don't really know. He's that's the one that you, that's the one that's the team that if you get them, you can, you can advance your name on the bracket to the next round. If you're the chief, I don't think it's possible though. I I think the only way the Steelers get in is as the seven. So I'm not sure that it's even a possibility. Whatever, whatever your resource is, just send it to me because I'm well, but I mean, uh, well, I think the (laughs) only way it, I think the only way it happens is if the Colts and Texans tie and then, and then you get, um, Buffalo losing Steelers would hop them. I have to look at it. Wherever you're getting all this from, just send it to me. Well, I have, I have I'm just look looking at, at the standings. I'm looking at the standings and how they but look. How do you know all the tiebreakers, though? That's the, well, that's the thing I've, that's I've, not I've read them up. I mean, it's on the NFL website. It's all up there. Oh, I mean, NFL. Yeah, okay. Yeah, you can go and find it. You've done your research more than me. I mean, you, you go through the different scenarios. You don't have to go through too many. It's head-to-head, and if they haven't played head-to-head, you go to conference record. And the the thing that's going against the Bills is that their conference record is is not very good. They've had they have six losses this year total. Five of them have been in conference. So they'll lose that level of tiebreaker Most just likely, about anybody. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay, I get it. So I mean that's kind of what's going against them at the moment and the Steelers if they were to to rise up and win that they would technically pass Buffalo, but it's not a they would not pass either Indy or Houston unless they tie. And so that would be the the, the thing that would keep them out. So here's, if I'm hearing you correctly, awesome. Miami beats Buffalo. Buffalo most likely the seventh seed. Miami then the would be the two, right? The they winner of the, the East two. is going to be yeah. the two. So if if Miami beats Buffalo this week, do you think Buffalo could turn around a week later and and flip the script when oh. it counts the most? Because that's what I would almost expect. Like I don't see Buffalo losing to Miami in the playoffs. I just well, think it, it would be sure. Buffalo's game, but. Keep in mind, if that happens, Buffalo's the seventh seed. Guess who they're playing if they beat Miami? They go to Baltimore. And do you think they'll beat the Ravens? That's a game we all deserve to see. Right? But I also would ra- <laughs> But I also kind of want to see like if we only get if you only get one, try to take the Chiefs, you know, homerism or whatever you may possess out of it. Because we all kind of like the Chiefs. Would you rather get to see as a football fan, Chris is shrugging, he's not sure. Would you rather get to see the Ravens play the Bills or the Chiefs play the Bills? You only get to pick one during the playoffs. Oh. Like, let's say let's say it doesn't prohibit the Chiefs. Like, let, they just might be on the other side of the bracket. They get to the NFC cha- or the AFC championship without facing either of those teams. Would you rather see it go that way, or would it be more fun and compelling to get to see that Bills-Chiefs matchup one more time? I mean, it's been compelling each of these I last few it. years. Like, it's, I want that matchup I mean, as a fan. Be, It'd be very fun to watch. I, the Chiefs have had the upper hand in those playoff matchups, and will it happen a third time around after losing to the Bills again in the regular season? I, I have a harder time seeing it this year, but, man, would it be fun. Because I don't think the Bills would have as easy of a time as they had had maybe in their regular season matchup against the Chiefs this time around. Point spread between, I'll, I'll turn the table on you, point spread between Ravens and Bills in that, what do they call it? Divi- mm, yeah, that would be the divisional round, round if it happened, yes. For um, a ticket to the AFC Championship, hosted by Baltimore, of course. What's the point spread of that game? 
the the Ravens are favored by more than a field goal, but not more than a touchdown. I'd say six and a half. Ooh, I think that's heavy. I think you're going to get more like three and a half, four and a half. I agree Ravens would be favored. But for the Bills, that's why it's important, I guess, to beat Miami this week. Yeah. Because you get the two, and then you, unless you don't want to face the Chiefs, like they're going to, the Bills are the team that's going to have to face one or the other. Yeah. It seems like. Because they're going to be locked into that 2-7 matchup pretty much one way, no matter what the outcome is, barring something crazy. And so they're going to have to be, they're either on the bottom side of that and they're facing the one seed in the next round if they should advance, or they're on the top side of that and they're facing the Chiefs, assuming they don't stumble. The Bills have a tough, I mean, if they win the Super Bowl, Andy, they will have earned it because theoretically they would have to go through the Chiefs, Ravens in some order or another, and then whoever the NFC puts forth as well, and maybe one other game, if I'm, if depending on, you know, who who arises from those situations. Well, it, it would be a, a gauntlet for sure if the Bills were having to do that. And like, you go Miami. Theoretically, you could go Miami on the road Ravens, against Miami. Chiefs, yeah, Forty Niners. Yeah, <laughs> to, to go four zero against. Come that, on, that'd be tough. Be very tough. Uh, who would you want to see, Chiefs fans, in the wild card round in the three versus six matchup in Arrowhead in? A couple or a week and a half. Eight seven five KTGR. Give us a call or a text. You can also comment on our Facebook page. Tell us your thoughts over there. We'll keep talking about it here on the show. Up next, though, some college football talk with our good friend Bill Connolly. His thoughts on the semifinal games from Monday and breaking down the Mizzou win against Ohio State last week. That's all with Bill C. Next on the Big Show. You are listening to the Big Show podcast on KTGR.com. We're back on the big show, KTGR, KTGR.com, and the KTGR app with Andy Brendan and producer Chris. Boy, it was uh, an exciting college football weekend, of course, and we get to talk about it now with our good friend Bill Connolly over at ESPN. You can find him on Twitter at ESPN underscore Bill C, and uh, go and subscribe to ESPN Plus to read his great stuff about all things uh, college football. A lot to get to from the weekend, Bill, but we'll start with Mizzou, with how they performed against Ohio State. My gosh, through the first three quarters, um, man, uh, both teams uh, leaving a lot to be desired offensively for various reasons. But then all of a sudden, Mizzou uh, kicks into gear. They get a couple good drives and and end up sealing the victory. I just wonder how you kind of saw that game, Mizzou's performance in general uh, against that type of opponent. Yeah, I mean, the defining characteristic for this team ended up being just its 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 kind of relentlessness, its resilience, I guess. Uh, you know, we saw it early in the year when things weren't going well, but they still managed to kind of claw out some tighter-than-expected wins. We saw it against Kentucky, uh, the way that game started as poorly as humanly possible and, and, and turned out to be a blowout. Uh, and we saw it against Ohio State. I mean, this was... Brady Cook looked like he had lost the plot in the first half of that game. He was obviously he's under pressure about you know after about half a second with the ball. It felt like on a lot of dropbacks, and then when he wasn't or when he had receivers downfield, he wasn't seeing them. It was it was just kind of like uh, you know the way that game had started had kind of you know he, he wasn't seeing the game the same way, and they just kept pecking away. And of course, having the defense perform as well as it did, and having Ohio State's you know quarterbacks obviously uh, as limited as they were, you know it bought Missouri time and then eventually you know they found a way they found a way for most of the season and it was um it was cool i I mean obviously you didn't beat a grade uh prime ohio state but that defense won a lot of games for ohio state uh, this year and that defense was pretty close to a grade it it wasn't exactly missing very much and and they figured out a way so power to them 
Yeah, and it, it was almost hard to maybe decipher what all was. Uh, it was mostly due to just the the non scoring for the first three quarters there for Mizzou. It, it it was hard to maybe pin it on. Well, are are they out of sorts, or is this just Ohio State being Ohio State on defense the way that they've been all year long? I just wonder how you maybe saw that uh, kind of two wrestling ideas uh, play out. Yeah. Well, the, the the pressure was a bit of a surprise. Ohio State, for all of their strength this year, and they really were one of the two or three best defenses in the country, uh, better better than Georgia, better than anything Missouri had faced this year, they weren't necessarily a humongous pass-rushing team. So the fact that uh, they were able to get that much pressure on Cook and really throw him off his timing, uh, you could tell he just wasn't uh, – not that anybody can really get used to that, but he wasn't used to that much pressure, and it did seem to, to throw him off for a while. That part was a surprise. The fact that Ohio State tackled pretty well and most contained Cody Schrader at least for the for the first what forty minutes or so. Um, you know that part wasn't necessarily a surprise, but the the disruption levels were a little dis, uh, you know a little off putting for a while there. But but again, they just uh, because Ohio State couldn't take advantage, they got one last shot. And they drove length of the field twice. They you know figured it all out just in the nick of time. Bill Connolly of ESPN with us here on the Big Show KTGR and KTGR.com. And it's not just, you know, uh, from what happened this year, uh, seeing that play out in that game, but also what could uh, come next year for Mizzou. And I think particularly for that defense, because they're, they're losing some guys to the draft. Uh, they had some guys out in that game already. But, uh, I mean, you saw guys like Tristan Newsom and then guys in the secondary uh, stepping up in those spots. Uh, I just wonder what you see this unit maybe becoming uh, in, in the years to cut or maybe this next year we don't know who exactly will be on the roster uh, of course but just the the players that we saw on the field that past uh, Friday uh, factoring in possibly to to the defense what it might look like as the Tigers get set for 24 yeah, I mean, from the first string to the third string, this team just hit. I think that was the one thing that was especially noticeable. You know, you had guys playing, you know, more snaps than they were used to or whatever, but especially on, on the edges, especially at safety, I mean, if they got your hand, their hands on you, they were going to, you know, leave a mark more or less. They, they really, really, um, it was just a physical and aggressive and very confident unit. And, and that, that helped again, you know, with, even with Devin Brown, Ohio State probably scores 10, 14, 17 points. Points or whatever, so they certainly, you know, benefited from the quarterback situation. It wasn't their fault that Ohio State had no idea what plays to call with a four-star dual-threat backup, you know, quarterback. It, you, it, it, it seemed like maybe they should have him a little further along, and that wasn't Missouri's fault. But yeah, but, you know, they still had to tackle Travion Henderson. They still had to contain contain Emeka Egbuka. They there were still really good weapons out there for Ohio State and Missouri with its, you know mid to high three-star guys was able to, you know, contain the the four stars they were up against and dominate the the offensive line too. So that was good to see. Obviously, you know, the secondary, I guess if there's a concern next year, and I'm not really, I'm not yet willing to say it's a concern, but the secondary does lose some pretty impressive pieces. And, and we'll see exactly, obviously, some of the young guys who got chances this year perform really well. So maybe they can kind of ease in with no drop off. And obviously, Eli Drinkwitz is focusing a lot more on the front seven with his portal efforts. So that maybe tells you he's a little bit more confident uh, in the secondary overall. But yeah, the, the, the DBs, the front seven you know, with the transfers, he He's bringing in. It looks really, really nice. Um, it, it seems like this is going to be talented roster. We'll just see if next year's team is quite as good at uh, winning close games as this year's was. 
That'll be uh, the big key for sure as uh, the Tigers get set for 2024. Bill Conway of ESPN here on the big show, KTGR. All right, so the playoff games from from Monday, uh, two great games, of course, and, and with the Rose Bowl playing out the way that it did in overtime, everyone kind of circles the last play and thinks, oh, why are they running uh, Jalen Milrow up the middle? But I just wonder like, how Michigan's defense really uh, affected things there because Alabama was uh, was not that big of an underdog in that game, and of course the, the fact they made it there and and had a real chance at the end certainly proved how far they had come but I just wonder how you saw that uh towards the end with Michigan's defense eventually winning out yeah I mean no matter how many timeouts were called in that stretch it felt like there were 13 of them uh everybody knew Jalen Milrow was gonna have the ball in his hands for that last play Uh, it was kind of a weird it was a weird play I thought there would be at least some sort of read some sort of option involved and it really just seemed like Hey, Jalen, run as fast as you can right up the middle, and that didn't work very well. But um, but it, it was, you know, Michigan. You know, my number is like Michigan by like nine points, and and you know, I, I'll, I'll pretend to claim victory on that one. So it took overtime for them to win by seven. But um, you know, Michigan really was the superior team this year, and and if not for a really good special teams unit just collapsing in every possible way, they probably win by ten points in regulation. I this really was. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see with Alabama moving forward. This was Nick Saban's worst team since about two thousand eight, and that. Doesn't mean it was a bad team, but it wasn't one of the two or three best teams in the country. And how does he respond to that exactly? You know, he he seems to like his coordinator, so he's probably not going to you know fire Tommy Reese after one season. Um, but does does he try to bring in an extra competition? Uh, you know, he needs help at the, in the skill core, but he also kind of needs better quarterback play. As good as Jalen Miller is with the ball in his hands, running the ball, he, you know, it's a, it's kind of a sack machine as well. And um, if they can't throw deep, they don't have any sort of intermediate passing him to lean on. So they were limited and, and Michigan needed overtime to take advantage of that, but eventually they did. Yeah, and uh, we'll we'll see how that translates to uh, to next week. But certainly did well to uh, contain him at the very end. And then, of course, uh, all the offense that happened between Texas and Washington in the later game that night. Uh, Michael Penix. I mean, just the the, the fact that he uh, did that in that moment. I I feel like it it kind of made people second guess about who the Heisman should have been. Nello Jaden Daniels very much uh, deserving and it's a regular season award of course but man just what do you make of his performance in that moment uh, and look he's got talent all over but uh, you got to deliver the football and he did <laughs> yeah this was his best it kind of proved that you know there were rumors walking around the entire second half of the year that he was you know battling rib injuries or this or that and and this was a reminder of yeah this is not this was not November Michael Penix if that Michael Penix had played the whole year he would have run away with the Heisman uh, but his effectiveness really did kind of slip at the end of the year. He gets a few weeks rest, and whatever was wrong seemed right, and that was the best game he's ever played. So it was so cool. It's just a, such a cool story. I gl- I'm glad it gets one more uh, chapter here, and then he goes to the pros and does whatever he does there. Uh, but it was a it, it was a nice reminder of when he's healthy um, and and just bouncing around in the pocket. Um, doesn't need to hardly step into a pass to deliver a really really uh, strong throw downfield. Uh, it was it was great, and, and and Washington needed it. Obviously, Texas they probably got lucky that Texas forgot to run the ball sometimes because Washington's run defense is really poor, uh, and Michigan's probably not going to forget that next week. Um, and and you know Texas almost managed to steal the game anyway. But yeah, Washington had the best quarterback in that game, and they'll probably have the best quarterback in the title game too. 
Yeah, that, that's looking to be the case. So that's going to create a very interesting matchup between Michigan and Washington uh, next week, and uh, we'll be looking forward to that. I do want to ask, though, uh, Bill, uh, with the rest of the bowl season happening throughout the weekend of the New Year's Six, of course, I'll just leave it at this. Uh, Florida State. <laughs> Yeah. What does them losing by 60 to Georgia in the Orange Bowl mean to you? <laughs> um, I, I, it was funny. I mean, it, it was really just kind of like a, you know, well, you don't want to see us in the playoff. Well, you don't get to see us here either. Um, <laughs> obviously, you'd like to you'd like to have thought that Mike Norvell and the coaching staff could have done a little bit better job of basically saying, "Hey, how about we stick it to the committee? Have a, let's let's play one more game as full strength, blah blah blah." But they there's a lot of negativity uh, after that decision, and a lot of guys opted out. And this was kind of destined as soon as as soon as you know you started to see the names popping up and Keon, Keon Coleman and and Johnny Wilson, and basically. Everybody, you know, what, 80% of Florida State's particularly good players, as soon as that happened and as soon as Georgia decided to send a message, this was this was preordained. So, you know, obviously opt-outs are a thing that we all talked about during bowl season as well. Uh, the best starting I mean, the 12 team playoff here is obviously very well timed just in that you know next year the top 12 teams will not have opt-outs they'll all be playing um and and they'll all be trying to win a national title and so we don't really have to worry about that anymore even though obviously you know the number 13 team is still going to have opt-outs and yeah. number 20 or whatever else um there's that's still going to be a thing just moving forward but not for the top 12 teams at least right and, and it seems that you know and and kirby smart was talking about it after the game with how you know the Oh, bowl season seems to be uh, broken or things like that. But it seems that that would be, I, I mean, the game that they played was an extreme example of yeah. that. And then, uh, as you mentioned, the top 12 teams, uh, it, it's going to be a non-factor going forward. But just the, what else about bowl season do you do you think, if if these coaches are right and there needs to be changes about how we do this going forward, is is there a better way? What what do you kind of read on that situation there, Bill? Well, I, I, the biggest problem is just that the calendar is the calendar. Um, you got to sign guys when you sign them. Yeah, I guess they could push this freshman signing day back and and you know back to like mid January or something. Uh, but transfers need to transfer so they can get to the new school next semester. And you know, unless we're going to just start the entire season early, you can't really fiddle with the calendar all that much. I, I know everybody talked about you know we should move bowls to you know first week of the next season. And that'd be fun and and saw somebody say spring ball that's fine too i don't think so but you know there there are you could you could take extremes but in the end what i kind of reminded myself throughout bowl season was bowls were initially exhibitions uh performed to celebrate to, to basically you know commemorate good seasons to you know congratulations on the good year here's a trip um you'll have to play some football but don't worry about it won't even count towards the polls until the late 60s and it kind of seems like we're circling back to that. You know, it, it, you know, there were teams like what Western Kentucky lost a ton of transfers. Just basically kind of had who they had, and they had to go out and figure out a way to to get past Old Dominion, and they fell behind like twenty eight nothing or whatever, and then they came back and won anyway. Like a lot of teams played really well with their backups, and um, you know, the games that had fun sponsors and you know mascots you could eat and whatnot those <laughs> right. games were very were very well watched they became kind of these little viral phenomenons and maybe that's the way forward we're just going to try to have a little fun little spectacle to watch on december 27th um it's not going to 
you know, the national title race is completely separate, but anybody who wants to play and wants to celebrate a good year can. And, you know, that maybe that's maybe that's just what it's going to be moving forward. Hey, nothing, nothing wrong with having fun. Yeah. I mean, yeah, at the end of the season, why not? So uh, uh, we'll see how, how that looks in 2024. Certainly going to look different with the playoff, but we'll uh, see what happens. Uh, Bill Connolly of ESPN with us here on the Big Show KTGR. Hey, thanks, Bill, so much for, for coming on. Hope all is well, and we'll talk again soon, my friend. Sounds good. Big Show's on at 441, KTGR, and KTGR.com. I mean, bowl season was worth it when we saw the Pop-Tart slowly descend into the toaster, right? Yeah. That was a big deal for me and, and my family, of course. It was a big <laughs> deal to see the uh, the Cheez-It mascot hand a box of Cheez-Its to yeah. the reporter that was interviewing Josh Heupel after that bowl. I mean, this is what we live for, guys. I don't understand yeah, the mayo, why everybody's saying the mayo bath at the end. To, to get right. a mayo bath. Yeah. Could have taken off his hat for the mayo bath, but, you know, he was. I understand. I don't want to get doused with mayo in the eye either. So, But, I mean, these are... Time-honored traditions that I, I don't understand everybody talking like we got to fix bowl season. I had a wonderful time over the past month. I don't know about you guys. I concur with that completely. Coaches might uh, say a little bit differently about it, with uh, which we might get into at 525. But give us your thoughts at 875-KTGR. All right, under the bus next. The NFL is already starting the cover-up of one of their referees' big-time screw-ups over the weekend. And this take... From Stephen A. might be the worst take of 2024, even though we're only three days into the year. It might be the worst take. We'll get to it next. You're listening to the Big Show Podcast on KTGR.com. Under the bus coming up, the sweetest thing in sports. We're asking you, who would you want to see in the wild card round? If you're the Chiefs, they're going to be the three seed no matter what. Who's going to be the six? Who do you want to see at the six? 875-KTGR to... Call or text us. I uh, believe this is Steve C. texting in. Doesn't matter who they face in the playoffs. It's simple. If the Chiefs continue to struggle on offense, as they have all year long, they will lose to whoever they play, even Pittsburgh. If they eliminate or greatly diminish all the mistakes they usually make, they can beat any team they play, even Baltimore. Tend to agree with that. Well, that's settled. Yeah. I mean, they can uh, beat anybody and lose to anybody. Right. All and right, pack it up. Let's get out That's the NFL here. Right. for you in general. I, I will say that, but it's just happened to the Chiefs uh, a little bit too often this year where they get in their own way. And the Chiefs, to be clear, could not lose to the Steelers. That is not possible. So oh, I've seen it. No, uh, I've seen I'm telling you. It's also not possible Beth for several things to happen in the NFL that actually happened. So I'm not nah, going to go the that playoffs far. playoffs are a different I, beast. I, I like, get it. I if understand. you matched up the Cardinals, with, uh, Cardinals wouldn't make the playoffs against the Eagles. <laughs> I but know. Like, the playoffs, the, those teams are going to be a little more ready to go and there i will not exist in a universe where mason rudolph knocks the chiefs out of the play i it's not happening if the that's champ- the only one that i'll guarantee <laughs> wow i won't even say that about the colts because stranger things but the steelers have no chance oh boy i mean i i understand that they would not have a great time the, the chiefs though would have trouble i think moving the ball against that defense that would be the only thing and you know that's i don't know their defense uh, is pretty hot cold We'll see. Be on the road for the Steelers. I think it'd be fine. All right. Well, uh, give us your thoughts on who you think uh, you would want to see the Chiefs face in that three versus six matchup in the wild card round. Eight seven five KTGR. It's time to go under the bus on the big show. Starting already, the NFL sent out a video. I guess 
quote-unquote, reminding their teams that you uh, have... Friendly you, reminder, please. Your uh, offensive linemen and other uh, players that wear numbers that would most likely deem you ineligible as a receiver, yeah, you got to make sure you very clearly report before uh, trying to set up a play where one of your uh, linemen They're is... They're doubling is, down. Yeah, it's Please don't just, yell at and me. ignoring that they're at fault for this whole entire thing. Right. Like, I, I'm not saying the Lions did it perfect because when it gets announced to the defense, ideally, you'd hear the wrong number and say, hold up, pause, we're going to have to reconsider everything. Uh, but give me a break. The, the referee flat out got it wrong. The video that they put out did not show anything that proves the NFL's point correct that this was correctly ruled. Give me a break, yeah. NFL. And they're going to get away with it, Andy, because they are untouchable. We're still going to keep watching. That's the sad part of it. Well, yeah. I mean, we're going to, they're just going to spoon feed this to us, and we'll be like, okay, fine. We'll forget about it. Under the bus. That's what's tough about Forget this what? Whole thing. Exactly. Yeah, Chris has already forgotten. I won't forget. I'm wearing my Lions shirt today. I won't forget. Yeah. Under the bus baby. to uh, it's Matt House. He is he was the defensive coordinator at LSU. He no longer is. Why? Uh, yeah, well, he got well, fired too. Yeah, he got fired. Oh um, no. Yeah, and a whole bunch of other defense. They're having a facelift on that defensive why? coaching staff why. for LSU. They beat yeah, What's the problem? But it, it, we kind of got wind <laughs> of this maybe a little bit when Makai Wingo, I believe, right after their uh, their bowl game. Yeah, uh, that they, they beat Wisconsin. Weekend. Yeah, they won the ReliaQuest Bowl. I believe ReliaQuest Bowl in Tampa. And the prestigious. Uh, Mikai Wingo, when he had a chance to maybe you know shake hands or dap up his uh, defensive coordinator, Madhouse, he kind of shrugged off a little bit. It's kind of really look him in the eye. No, I didn't even didn't look wanna... at him. Like it was a very weird interaction that was caught on camera. And this thing is the relationship there all that great. Mikai Wingo is going to the NFL draft, by the way. And that's part of what it was, is Matt House was, like, coming up to the defensive players on the field after the win, and, like, yeah, great season, guys, and he kind of tries to go to Makai Wingo, and Makai Wingo is not giving him the time of day, former Missouri Tiger, of course. And Matt House should have taken the hint because he made it awkward by, as Makai Wingo tried to just let this interaction end, he was like, hey, you okay? You doing okay? And Makai starts kind of mumbling a little bit about, you know, next level. And he said on Twitter afterward, I was just, you know, emotional after the game and telling him, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not coming back to school. I'm going to the next level. I think no. no <laughs> I think I don't no, buy his explanation at all if you watch the video. Under the bus. He very much looked like a guy that did not want to be in the general vicinity of, uh, of Madhouse. So. I'm a Madhouse guy, Makai Wingo. No, not think. really. And, it turns um, out LSU not either. Yeah, definitely gone. not. There's going to be some changes on that defense next year for sure. Under the bus to Stephen A. Smith. This, quite possibly, could be the worst take of 2024. And I know we're only three days in, but this could be... How's that possible? ...the worst take. Stephen A. went on first take, I believe, yesterday, and then kind of doubled down on the take today. Says the Rose Bowl should move to SoFi Stadium. And his main reason why he's arguing for this is because traffic is terrible around the Rose Bowl during the game. That's why Stephen A. wanted to move it to SoFi. It's too busy in Pasadena. <laughs> yeah, there's too much traffic. Let's he was move talking it about to Los like Angeles, the, the one lane Perfect. road that you have to weave through all these traffic lights at hundred thousand feet. And he talked afterward like, if I had a chance to fly in via helicopter, I would have done it. Like, come on! I would like to see that. 
Do we oh. like airdrop Stephen A. into like Pasadena? That was just him Bowl? asking for a handout, someone to buy him a helicopter. That's well, a, yeah, that's or at least why, letting him, uh, letting somebody to shrewd have a landing spot for his helicopter in some place in the uh, general vicinity of the Rose Bowl. In fairness, though, like the Cotton Bowl's not played at the Cotton Bowl. Yeah, but that's like, dumb. Like, I know. I put it back <laughs> in the Cotton Bowl. As long like, as we're on. on board with not being. <laughs> but, like, it's been at Jerry World for a while now, and everybody seems to enjoy themselves yeah. there. But, of course, I don't want it to be at the Cronky Dome. The, the, the Rose Bowl can stay the same. Yeah, bad on Stephen A. Under the bus. And it, once you do that, it, people in co- the college football fan base absolutely right. It's time for the sweetest thing in sports on the big show. Sweetest thing is with our friends at the Candy Factory. Any occasion at all, anniversary, birthday, any day during this 2024, make sure you go to the Candy Factory in downtown Columbia for all those tasty treats and chocolates online at thecandyfactoryonline.com. Mizzou Wrestling keeps it rolling. They had a tough matchup yesterday. Number 11, Virginia Tech coming into the Hearn Center. They actually fell behind a little bit. But shout out to Cade Moore, who took down the number five wrestler in the country at, I believe, 133 pounds and got that upset win to kind of keep Mizzou's hopes alive. And then they finished it off. Keegan O'Toole, uh, Clayton Whiting, the, the Elams closed out the victory. It was a grinded-out type of win, but... I tell you, Mizzou wrestling right now is a buzzsaw. Yeah, Keegan O'Toole, I've heard of him before. I think I think he might have a bright future, Andy. I oh, think he is that might right? Be pretty decent in his own right. Yeah, yep. maybe so. Those Elam got, kids, maybe, perhaps. Uh, Elam, yeah, he's uh, he's definitely, uh, they are buoying things uh, for Mizzou wrestling. But they, they're so style. deep. Like, there's so much depth on this roster, and it, it's fun to watch. Now, you only get one more chance to see him at the Hearn Center, unfortunately, what? for the rest of this season. Yeah, they they have a month-long road trip, essentially, uh, for the next uh, few weeks or so. And then they come back for one more home duel against, I believe, Oklahoma State in early February. So, again, not too many other chances to, to see Mizzou wrestling this year. But, hey, it, it, it's a fun time. You, could, you should go check it out because they're ranked number two in the country, and they've got a real shot of... More than just a Keegan O'Toole could win the national championship once again, but I think you could maybe even see more guys do it. All right. 2024 could be fruitful for Mizzou football as well. How do we see these pieces coming together for next year as the Tigers try to make a run? We'll talk about that at 5.05. And does bowl season need fixing? We'll talk about that at 5.25 on the Big Show.